Hello and welcome to Urban Legends. Boo boo, Urban Legends. Boo boo, everybody. Boo boo. Hello, welcome to Urban Legends. I'm Chris Flynn, and I'm in a great mood because I've uh, just got myself a contract doing some voiceover work for a new food brand called International Space Bacon. It comes in three unique flavors: Beirut, Nairobi, and Ottawa. Look for it uh, at your local supermarket. And with me, as always, is a man who's also doing well in the world of finance slash business because he's just brought out a range of candles. And we're going to talk about that a little bit. It is Mr. Neil Herbert. Hi, Neil. How's your week been? Yeah, very good. Thank you. Very good. Yeah. A bit of a chandlerin. A bit of chandlerin. Yeah, that's that... a fancy, fancy name for a candle maker. Chandler. Well, you'd know. Or, you know. That the wacky one from France. Huh, could, you, could you be any more knowledgeable about candle making? Something like <laughs> uh, that. Um, yeah, what, exactly. So, so I understand that you've gone for a, a more urban scent. Is that right? For people who move to the countryside and miss the city. Yeah, you know. So you've got kind of like you know kebab shop. <laughs> yeah, kebab kebab shop. Diesel fumes. <laughs> Diesel fumes. Yeah. Overwhelming nice. despair. Yeah. Overwhelming despair. What does that yeah. smell like? All of the above. Oh, yeah. I have to have to find out. Yeah. Uh, I'm that one. Unemptied bins. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah. And, and I understand. Bin that strike. That's another popular one. Bin, bin, bin strike. <laughs> bin strike high of summer. Oh, we know about that in Brown. <laughs> oh, nice one. And um, are you making them yourself, or do you kind of come up with a fragrance and then hand it off to to someone else to to actually do the donkey work? I mean, I came up with um, the proprietary formation, you know, with, mm. with you know, but I, but no, I with your with your secret, secret blend of herbs and spices, <laughs> secret blend of questionable liquids, questionable, yes, smells and scents um, <laughs> to be mixed into wax. <laughs> it's like going around pubs and pouring pouring the sort of ashtrays with a bit of beer and a bit of fags yeah. in it into a little. Pot and boiling that down to get the essence. Bin juice in there. Juice. Or, yeah. <laughs> hobo sweat. Yeah, just little, little things you can collect cheaply or cost effectively. Yes, yeah, very much. But uh, go a long way, you know. It's it's urban foraging, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's um, it's it's the way of the future, I think. You well, know, yeah. I'm just I'm just making the most out of the materials that you know other people don't want to use. Yeah, like a womble. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, lovely stuff. Um, so I think that you're going to be leading us in legend appreciation today. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. Um, mm. I'm going to be talking about Amphir Lief Moore mm. or the uh, the terrifying grey man of the Cairngorms. Grey man. Indeed. Um, before we start that, Neil, um, I don't know if you're interested, but there's been a new TV show that I've been watching. Oh, and... is that so? <laughs> I'm a bit of a TV aficionado. Uh, unlike you. Oh. Yeah, I know. Um, that, I know that uh, the listeners are... They may not be familiar with the fact that actually you're quite an aficionado of TV. Quite yeah. an aficionado. Quite the aficionado. I write for the I, um, 
the the free newspaper given out at train stations uh, under the pseudonym of. It's given out at Aldringham train station, isn't it? It doesn't get a huge circulation. Uh, it, yeah, so I've been writing that, and um, so I've been watching uh, watching a, a TV show that everyone's been going on about mm-hmm. called Downtown Abbey. Okay, yeah, I, I think I've heard of it. I've never really watched it. Yeah, so it's um, what it's about is uh, a it, it's quite graphic. It's about um, a. Okay. You tend to uh, go for the graphic shows, don't you? <laughs> well, they're all you graphic. Quite gratuitous as well. Yeah, you kind of if that's all that's on offer, then what can you do? Well, yeah, and it's about um, it's about someone called Abby, um, played by Pele, trying to mm. make their oh, way okay. make their way in the tough downtown of of uh, an American city. I think Cleveland that do, won't yeah, it? Probably, probably, yeah. <laughs> probably Cleveland. Um, yeah, yeah I imagine it gets pretty feisty outside the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. That's right, trying to trying to. Trying to they hustle, steal ZZ tops, guitar yeah. strings, or whatever. Yeah, tries to do. Yeah, that's one of the episodes. Tries to do. Tries oh. to do a heist. Um, yeah. yeah, just trying to get by, grifting. You know, a bit of it's Pele, so a bit of sex work. Um, yeah, yeah, and uh, um, you know, it's not for kids. That's for sure. Um, but the do fully nude again. <laughs> yeah, always. Once you got it flown, it to be fair. Exactly, exactly, yeah. Take a few dick pills, flaunt it. Um, yeah, so, you know, just hustling to get by in uh, in quite a cold world. Uh, Abby's originally from um, a, a British aristocracy family, but moved over to America okay. to to try and, try and you know, break away from that, make it big. Um, but then they keep coming over. Um, well, the horrendous reverse snobbery in Britain these days, Chris. You know, where's, where's the aristocrats exactly. supposed to go? That's exactly it. So yeah. Um, so and then they they send over one of their henchmen. I think it's like the butler or something. Yeah. Um, and you never guess who plays them. Um, Christopher Walken. It is Chris. It is Christopher Walken. Christopher yeah. Walken. Nice. Christopher Walken plays. That would be the, my first choice. Plays the English butler. See, Buscemi's in it. He plays Abby, yeah. sometimes pimp. Okay. Yeah. But he plays it really tongue in cheek, like you know. Um, like his character in 30 Rock, is it? He was the detective in 30 Rock, I think, yeah. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, he, play, he plays, he, he basically um, revives that character. So it's it's quite, it's it's confusing. It's like, uh, oh, what was the name? What's that weirdly, what's that weird show that was on Netflix, which is violent, but has a cartoon donkey in it? Oh, played by I think, I've seen it. it's called Barry or, or something. something like that. Mm, something like that, but it's like that, so it's like a weird cross genre thing. Anyway, um, so turns out that uh, Abby is like next in line for the to become the Duchess of Winterbourne Ooh, in the UK, nice. and so they're trying. And so I think Series Two is going to be a King Ralph situation, but. But we'll, we'll see. Hope so. We'll see where it goes. That's, yeah. So I'd give it ten strong. It's a bit slow for me and a bit period drama. So I'm going to give it a six out of ten. Okay. What's the key then? You think you'll be coming back to series two? See if it picks up a little bit. Yeah, I'll always give. I've got a lot of time on my hands, so I'll always give yeah. things. Things are good. You know, if I did like Parks and Rec, series one wasn't very good. Series two onwards was good. Maybe the last series kind of a bit silly, but. I think the I think the Parks and Rec 
writers are involved in series two, so it might be taking them another okay. another swing. So that'd be good. Let's hope Amy Poehler or Amy gets involved then. Yeah, playing the Queen. Maybe, or maybe she can. Play. Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah. That'd be good. Yeah, like Double King Ralph. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So Neil, the Grey Man of the Ken Gorns. Yeah, the Grey so... Man of the Ken Gorns. Yeah, and I'm going to apologise to Scottish listeners because it's probably going to be some terrible Scottish accents. The Grey Man <laughs> of the Ken Gorns. Yeah, Amphir Lethmore is the in the gay lips. So they've got the Grey Man of Ben McDew. Um, yeah, so basically, there's it's the second highest mountain in the UK, I think. In Ben McDew, it's um, is it it's in the Bigger than Ben Nevis? No, second highest. Ben Nevis is the highest, isn't it? I would. Isn't that Snowden? Oh, I don't know. Mm. All right, maybe. Here we go. It's all falling apart. I, well, I, <laughs> I didn't research the relative heights of mountains. I thought um, there might be the ben second highest. No, Snowden, Snowden is, and then Ben right. Nevis is the largest in Scotland, maybe. So it could be the second largest in the Highlands. Could be, could be. Anyway, let's, let's say that's the case for expediency. A, yeah, I believe, yeah, let's say that. It's about, I mean, none of them are like Himalayan or whatever, are they? But it's it's around, um, you know... 20 know, feet high. <laughs> 1.3 kilometres or something like that. Yeah, but that's yeah, above sea level. Yeah. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> not good enough for you not good enough for me we already started slagging off mountains in the UK outrageous no, we'll have a go at the mountains oh. in the UK they all got too softened by the ice sheets during the last ice age oh. absolute cowards unbelievable <laughs> getting all getting all worn down it's because they're really ancient isn't it that's the thing because we're not on a fault plate anymore all the some of the oldest rocks geolo- like found geolo- geologically um, were are from Scotland, like it's really ancient. Um, so that's Ooh. why the mountain ranges have kind of smoothed out over time. Whereas in places like the Alps and the Himalayas and the Rockies, they're at the foot or they're kind of right by a tectonic plate, so they're still being pushed together and formed, and that's why they're all jagged. Little you just think like the Himalayas are just a bit arrowvist. Yeah, yeah. Just well, it's a new build or something just knocked it up like last Wednesday. <laughs> Well, that won't last. That won't last ten minutes, mate. In geological times, yes, they did knock it up last week. <laughs> I take your word for it. I don't know very little about. It, well, I remember that kind of stuff from uh, GCSE ge- um, geography. I vaguely recall that was it. There's igneous rock and yeah, that's pretty much no igneous is volcanic, isn't it? What's the um, what's the one made out of like seashells and stuff and crushed by pressure? Limestone. No, there's this. Pers- Igneous, there's like three different types of rock. Is there? Anyway, there we go. I don't know. It's displaying our massive ignorance. There's heavy project. rock, electro rock, and yeah. skater rock. Those are yes. the three. Yeah. Skater being the best, obviously. Of course, yeah. Um, yeah, perennial fashion. Okay, yeah. So, anyway, whatever. It's the second highest mountain somewhere, um, and it's in the Cairngorms, and it's, you know, it, it's high up for, for the UK. Um, and stories about the Grey Man have been recorded as early as 1791. Oh, old one. Yeah, so it's it's been around for a while. Um, a weird, that's a weird time, isn't it? That's a weird time for something to be starting because it's... So I would say that a lot of our urban... A lot of the stuff we look at falls between two. So one being ancient, so like being, you know, like the Iloko yeah, or whatever, been around yeah. for ages, like an ancient history, like a... 
whatever, and a lot of them being from about 1950. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, the thing is, you get certain things that become popular. I mean, I wonder, because obviously around that period, you're starting to get people doing a bit more mountain climbing and stuff like that. Mm. I mean, if, if you know, if you're... Do you it was just a boring down? Englishman, and they called him the Grey Man. Yeah. Like a, a John Major type. Oh, yeah, it was just... <laughs> Great Stay away from him. <laughs> Start talking about property or something. It's really yeah. fucking dull. Oh, what's the uh, what, what's the zoning uh, like in this area? Mm. Are you able Are you able to um, put up mostly arable land? Put up a garden shed without uh, talking to the local parish council, or um, you know, is it more officious than that? Is there more red tape? Do you have an alderman? I just you don't marry outside your uh, young family. Very often, that camped. Yeah, your fence. Um, excuse me, sir. Excuse me. Your fence. Uh, I've been looking. I've been looking at the land registry. Your fence actually encroaches seven inches onto my land. Uh, so um, I've informed the local council and the and the police, and uh, I would like to hand you this notice that the works must be completed. Uh, within the next 28 days. Otherwise, you will be going to the small claims court. The lead will be getting an extremely strongly worded letter. Yeah, I mean, that's... you. Hey, look, we haven't got round to the to the source of explanation yet, but... Um, no, that's that's but, yeah, the most but, likely, hey, isn't let's it? Keep, let's keep this one in mind. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's been described as being... Is 10. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Believability ten. <laughs> Our entire right. fucking country ten. ten. <laughs> you know, I just want to make up something completely different. Um, <laughs> no, it's, it's been described. So it's actually funny enough. It's not one that's had like the sightings are quite strange because a lot of them don't right. involve sightings per se. But mm. sightings been a in, bit of a push. Yeah. So it has been described as being about ten foot tall in height, very long arms Ooh. and legs. An ape-like head and covered in short hair. So you get into kind of yeah, it could be one of my ancestors very easily. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's been compared to sort of yeti or bigfoot. um, You know, so we've got a local kind of like um, bigfoot yeti claim. That's good. Mm. And you you were saying about sort of like you know the the, the time we've been with. Yeah, as I say, I I don't know whether it's just you know would people have been going up too much in them. into the mountains thousands of years ago. Well, I think I think by that time we'd hunted bears to extinction in this country, so it's probably not a bear. Because we used to have bears naturally in the UK, but we um, hunted them to extinction, same as wolves. They're quite tasty. <laughs> well, they're very they're, they're fantastic for the sport of bear baiting, aren't they? Absolutely, and bear dancing. <laughs> bear, oh, bear pole dancing. Bear pole, yeah, all those bear pole dancing clubs down the east ends. Oh, good lord. Down the docks. It's so oh, in the uh, 1060s. Yeah, shave a bear, put, a, put it in a dress. Yeah. You know, <laughs> pimp it out to drunk sailors. Yeah, they come in and it's like, it's the drinks that get them. It's like, well, you know. Yeah, get them on, get them on some of the, um, get them on the tonics. Don't some tell of the how much those are going to cost. It's like 10 times the price than normally. Yeah, it's a real yeah. money spinner, but yeah, sadly. Handed them down to extinction there. And that's probably why you grow man. Sex work. Well, exactly. To become sex workers, yeah. You hate to see it. Yeah. That's why the RSPCA was set up, wasn't it? The Royal Society for the Protection of Animals. 
sexy animals to stop yeah. to stop. But that was, uh, that was his original. That was it was originally RSP, RSPCSA, wasn't it? Yeah, but yeah. For the protection of sexy animals, yeah. Then as an offshoot of the temperance movement, they decided that only, not only sexy animals should be, uh, be, be preserved by the rules. Well, the problem, the problem. Oh, that was George. That was, that was a Prince Regent for you, wasn't it? Was, he, yeah, only, yeah. he only liked to say the sexiest of animals. He liked the sexiest of animals, yeah. And he had the roving all, eye, didn't he? He had them brought all down to the Brighton Pavilion where, yeah. where he set them up in rooms. Um, but, uh, unfortunately once, George had got hold of all the sexy animals. People started, it's like prison, isn't it? People started going just, you know, people have got needs. They started cavorting with non-sexy animals, such as, I don't know, what's a non-sexy animal? They're all pretty sexy. (laughs) They've got lovely eyes. I don't know, cuttlefish? Oh yeah. no! Oh no! I'm thinking no Japan. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, non-sexy yeah. animals. Anyway, you you make your mind up. I'm not going to view it. It's all in the eye of the beholder. It's in the eye of the beholder. Yeah. It's difficult though, isn't it? A difficult one to think of. Nat- native animals to the UK that aren't sexy. Difficult. I mean, like maybe a lungfish. They're pretty hideous looking. Yeah, lungfish aren't Are they? Can you get you go. Flounders aren't good. Any flatfish. Yeah. It was basically just set up. The RSPCA was basically set up to stop people having sex with flatfish <laughs> because they were the only ones. True fact. True fact. True, fact. true. true that. The true fact for the day. Fact for the day. Take that away. Tell your kids. The earliest song. Teach them. Listen. Oh. You want to learn. Right, the earliest known account of legislating the Grand Mandate is 1791, coming from a poet by the name of James Hogg. Oh, not a poet. He's, he was not only... Well, actually, this is this is a recurring theme from... Poets aren't trustworthy, are they? They're all, quite, they're all quite sort of um, poetic in their descriptions, I would say. Um, I'll get to the moment. So, he was tending sheep on Ben McDoo. So, I don't know how good of a poet he was if he had a day job tending sheep, but... <laughs> Was he one of the yeah. new, was he one of the sort of romantic poets who was wealthy but decided Yeah, he decided to, to go sheep farming in the sheep farming. I mean he was a grey man himself, yeah. He was yeah. very much like a really scripture. Yeah, I don't like I don't even don't know if he was actually Scottish or what have you. James Hogg. Didn't have quite enough money to do the great tour. <laughs> go no, down to Greeting. Yeah. Just go and do some sheep farming, it'd be all right. Had a bit of money that way and all. So he reckons it was at least 30 feet high and equally proportioned, very near me. I was struck powerless with astonishment and terror. So like a 30 foot high man, when he says equally proportioned, mm-hmm. not 30 foot wide as well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, 30 foot high with sort of, you know, limbs and stuff in proportion. That's it's very, terrifying. very tall, isn't it? That is, 30 foot. I mean, because we've seen like, 10 foot is what we've been quoted earlier. But uh, Yeah, 10 foot's the height yeah. of a basketball hoop. I mean, fear does add... Three times the height, though. So you know that's got... true. They always say that, don't they? Yeah. Fear ad, fear triples the size. Fear of... trebles the the height of the the apparition aggressor. <laughs> yeah. That's why everyone looks bigger on TV, isn't it? Because instinctively we're all scared of the little people in the box at the size of our room, at the, you know, in the corner <laughs> of our room. What are they doing? Why are they looking at me? 
what you know, are they trying to get into well, that's why TVs are a third the size of real life because then fear actually just puts them <laughs> down back to life size. That was, it, that was the thing. It's, got, it's the uncanny valley that gets us, though. Yeah. <laughs> the Oz effects. Something's not quite right. Is that why you read books? Yeah. But movie images just scare me. I know. All these moving <laughs> pictures, I don't like it. I can just about cope with theatre. Mm. Even that's then. pretty. That's pretty grim, but, you know, yeah. Stuff yeah. moving on the screen. Haunting haunting the glass. I don't, yeah, trying to get through it. I don't like that one. Well, you don't know what happens when it's turned off. Where have they gone to? What are they up to? Got to your, got to your wardrobe Can't now. Know, can you? Yeah, probably. Got, got into the walls. What are they after? I don't know. <laughs> no good, I would imagine. I'll have to get some David Soul posters up as wards. Yes, exactly. Anyone's not understanding that weirded joke. You want to, what was it, the Enfield Enfield Poltergeist will talk about David Soul posters and their um, yeah. and and if that's not alluring I don't know <laughs> David Soul posters being wards against poltergeists. And yeah. if that doesn't whet your appetite, you're at the you're listening to the wrong <laughs> wrong podcast. Right. So to be fair, you're probably doing time. that anyway. Yeah, I mean we we can take that as red, can't we? Um so he's terrified about his scene. He flees home, turns the next day though to collect his sheep, because, you know, yeah. he's not, not going to collect his sheep. Don't care how terrified you are. And the creature returned. And this is where, Boy. so this is where a lot of the sightings, they, he, he conducted a little experiment. He took off his hat and saw the creature did the same as well. Ooh. Concluded it was his own shadow in the fog that so terrified him in the previous day. That's possible, isn't it? Well, it yeah. depends on what kind of lighting he there was but well it's actually there's a um so there's a there's a photo of a shadow taken on where you can see um this kind of like what mm. looks like a man with really huge legs but yeah there's actually i'm just looking up what the um the name of it is what the name of it is there's basically an optical illusion where if you're on a, on a sort of big mountain there's certain atmospheric effects or there's certain atmospheric conditions effectively if you're above the kind of like like the cloud lines below you, your shadow will sort of cast back onto the clouds. Yeah. Sort of reflect back, reflect back at you. Okay. So you'll see like this, to the corner of your eye, this sort of what looks like a huge person sort of walking, walking behind you. So a lot of it, I, I, it'll, uh, let's have a look. It's, what's this called? Yeah, Brocken Spectres, they're called. Brocken I think Spectres. it was a mountain in, in German, Germany, where yeah. they identified, or they first identified this in, in Well, Brocken, that sounds Brocken like Mountain. The Brocken Mountains were where, they had their version of the Dark Watchers, which we've also talked about, the California oh, Dark okay, Watchers. Yeah. So it's probably a similar thing. Yeah. yeah. And that's what, you know, when somebody found out that and they thought, oh, this is where all the kind of like Yetis and Sasquatches and things like that come from. Because if you're up a mountain, you know, you can you yeah. have this atmospheric effect that, um, but, you know, not necessarily. There's been, a, there's been a bunch of other sightings. So, and actually, what you see is that actually it tends to be less of a sighting and more of a bit of a feeling and sort of an auditory thing. So let's take the... Um, I think I love more of... than a bit of a feeling. Well, so <laughs> this is then account from a Professor J. Norman Colley, who was a Excellent. highly respected scientist and mountaineer. In 1896, he was the um, Professor of Organic Chemistry at University College London. Um, he was responsible for the first ever medical X-ray photograph, Fellow of the Royal Society. And he was and a big 
loved APM and Inspiritism. <laughs> uh, those last two things are not necessarily true. And, oh, I don't have those. Yeah, so he pioneered a lot of climbs over the Isle of Skye and the Alps. Um, in 1895, he was part of the first ever attempt on an 8,000 meter peak in the Himalayas, oh, wow. um, Bat. So I don't, I don't know how big uh, Everest is, but that's pretty high. So, um, yeah, and he and he made a bunch of ascents of the Canadian Rockies. So he was into his mountain climbing. Um, so when in you know in 18 in 1925, he gave a speech at the 27th annual general meeting of the Cairngorm Club in Aberdeen. He's a man whose words carried a great deal of weight with his audience mm. and the impact of what he had to say about an experience he had while alone on the summit of Ben McDo in the Cairngorms 34 years earlier in 1891. I was returning from the Cairn on the summit in a mist when I began to think I heard something else entirely than merely the noise of my own footsteps. For every steps I took, I heard a crunch. And then another crunch, as if something was walking after me, but taking steps three or four times the length of my own. I said to myself, this is all nonsense. I listened and heard it again, but could see nothing in the mist. As I walked on, the eerie crunch, crunch sounded behind me. I was seized with terror and took to my heels, staggering blindly among the boulders for four or five miles, nearly down to the forest. Whatever you make of it, I do not know, but there is something very queer about the top of Pen, um, Ben McDo, and I will not go back there again by myself, I know. Mm. So, that would be know. quite spooky, wouldn't it, if you thought that there was... Because if it was really misty, I really... Yeah, you can't actually this. see what's going on. Yeah, because we get and proper it's... sea fog down where we live. Some... Now, we haven't had it for a while, but like we, get, no, no. we occasionally get very thick sea fog because where we live is between the South Downs, which is kind of a, a hilly range, and the sea. So the mist kind of gets stuck here. And sometimes it's like you can't see the end of your roads, kind of thing, or even shorter than that. It's you know it's been it's been very dense. So yeah, yeah, that would be quite quite weird. It's quite beautiful in the streetlights, but um, it's like old London town. Um, yeah, you don't want to be going driving in it. No, and uh, it'd be weird being on top of a mountain on your own, and you you could you had that kind of lack of. Uh, Visibility, visibility, yeah, yeah. and you could, and you. I think that would just put the willies up you anyway. Well, it would, and but I think what's <laughs> the willies up you. I don't know why I said that. Because <laughs> you're five hundred. Because I'm five hundred um, years old. Yeah. You know, we are we are reading about somebody talking in 1920. Or My gosh, that put the willies up me. <laughs> contemporaneous expression. Um, but yeah, so but but it's quite weird as well, is because if it, it was just like echoing footsteps, then mm. it would be like everyone. But the fact that it's every third set that he takes, he's getting these crunches. So that's interesting. Um, and there's also so so that 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 caused a lot of sort of um, a bit of sensation. Could it have been someone eating cereal? Yeah, just like something like snap, crackle, and pop. Yeah, for every third step. That's it. <laughs> Or they're just watching with a bucket of popcorn. They're just at the top of the mountain just watching um, climbers. And then they're just trying to be quiet, but it can't happen. So <laughs> Some delicious crisps. Oh, no, the problem is the sound really carries at the top of the mountain. That's that's the thing. Yeah. It just like I mean, opening up that, that bag of revels. <laughs> I don't want to try to keep quiet. It just disturbs like the yeah. It's like really kind of, it's, it's a weird thing which sort of, um, the people of the Highlands used to do just kind of sit at the top of the night. Like, that was their entertainment, sit and talk about and watch stupid English people stumble about in the mist, eating, oh, fair enough. eating crisps. <laughs> who, who decided eating popcorn in the cinema was a good idea? 
don't know. It's quite noisy, isn't it? Not really. Yeah, I don't know. Well, you're a loud eater, though. I, don't, I wouldn't eat in a cinema, to be honest with you. I've seen you eat a roast dinner in a cinema. Know what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> so that was that was a restaurant with a movie screen. That wasn't. It was just a normal cinema. <laughs> you oh, kept claiming that opening your Tupperware dinner. with gravy. Um, no, I don't know. The roast dinner. I don't know. It's nice having a bit of popcorn in a cinema, but I don't like the cinema, so it makes no odds to me, really. Oh, fair enough. I like the cinema. Mind you, I've not really seen anyone eat popcorn. So I tend to go to um, Yorks. Duke Yorks, yeah. Very nice cinema. Um, I think the problem I have with the cinema is I find the seats very uncomfortable because of my so size. Duke Yorks. Yeah, Duke Yorks is all right. Sit the sofa. Yeah. Um, and also, you can't pause it if you need to go to the toilet. <laughs> yeah. There is that. You know. I don't watch a lot of films. As you, as you know, I'm not a film aficionado. I'm a TV aficionado. That's true, yeah. I don't watch a lot of films. I kind of, I don't know. I'm not really into films at the moment. I'm no, a bit, fair enough. I prefer kind of serial, serialised stuff. It's been a while since I've been in the cinema, I'll be fair, actually. So, yeah, I don't, don't think I've been, been back since the pandemic's been over. So I still watch quite a few movies, but, um, yeah. I don't know, it's like, have to... it's weird it's kind of, if I'm going to watch a film, it feels like that's kind of taken up most of the evening. And it's like, uh, I kind of rather do shorter length things. And I don't know. Well, it's just a nice self-contained story, isn't it? Depends what you want. I mean, this is the thing. I think this, I quite like the idea of a movie being sort of like 90 minutes back, back in front. I don't, you know, if you, it depends. You can have much longer ones, obviously, but it seems to be sort of like more of a thing now where it's like, yeah, people actually, let's long. just make things like four hours long to sort of, you know, just have pseudo value for money. But uh, yeah, anyway. Right. So back to, back to more sightings of the grey, man. Mm. Less cinema chat. So uh, a chap called Alistair Borthwick wrote a, um, apparently a superb 1939 book about climbing in Scotland. I should give a shout out here, actually. It's Undiscovered Scotland, co.uk. I'm just looking at here. Um, uh, but he wrote a book about climbing in Scotland called Always a Little Further. And that relates, among other things, the accounts of two climbers he knew who experienced by what was then becoming Amphir, Leathmore, or Felasmore, or the big grey man of Ben McDoom. What? Because of its appearance when briefly glimpsed by a feud accountant. Oh, Felasmore. Um, so the Gaelic is Amphir, Leathmore, right. or Felasmore. Which means? Or the big, which means big grey man. Oh, okay, that's okay. That's the Gaelic, right? Yeah. Yeah, Scottish Gaelic. So um, the first was alone, heading over McDoom for roar on a night when the snow had a hard crisp crust through which his boots broke at every step. He reached the summit and it was while he was descending the slopes which fall towards the larag that he heard footsteps behind him. Footsteps not in the rhythm of his own but occurring once for every three steps he took. I felt a queer crinkly feeling in the back of my neck, he told me, but I said to myself, nah, this is silly. There must be a reason for it. So I stopped and the footsteps stopped. I sat down and tried to reason it out and I could see nothing. There was a moon about somewhere but the mist was thick. So there's another misty night. Mm. The only thing I could make of it was when my boots broke through the snow crust, they made some sort of echo. Yeah. Then every step should have echoed, and not just this regular one in three. Mm. I was scared stiff, got up, walked on, trying hard not to look behind me. I got down all right. The footsteps stopped a thousand feet above the larynx, and I didn't run. But if anything had said so much as boo behind me, I'd run down like a streak of lightning. Hmm. And you're getting a similar one for... Um, well, what I'd say so about. far, I mean, the people who are make, saying these accounts are not... They're not um, over-dramatising it or anything. They're kind of 
Yeah, they're they seem pretty together. Do you know what I mean? So it gives it a bit more credence. But yeah, I don't know. It just strikes me as some sort of as yet unknown auditory like echo or something at the moment because it could be. It could be. Because why would it be exactly the same footsteps as yours? Well, here's here's the here's the um, rather than kind of in between, do a footstep in between or whatever. Yeah, no, absolutely. But here's an interesting one. So the second man who had a similar experience, he heard the footsteps as well. Um, and again, it was quite dense because he was the mist was dense. He was actually having to use compass because visibility was you know nearly yeah. as poor as full night time. Um, but he was hearing it kind of like they said, did the footsteps follow yours exactly? He said, no, that's the funny thing. They didn't. They were regular. But the queer thing is, they seemed to come every two and a half steps I took. Mm. And what was queerer still was when I told him about the other man's story, you see, he was long legged and six feet tall, and the first man was only five feet seven. Okay. So, see, depending on their height. Yeah. So it's, it sounds like it's just the stride mm. that this thing has. You know, so it's, you know, a, a taller man, it's, yeah. Interesting. He was on. He was out on a search party on McDo, and one day, on after an unsettled day, he asked some of the gamekeepers and stalkers who were there with us what they thought of it all, and they worked on McDo, so they should know. Had they seen Furlas Moore? Did he exist, or was it just a silly story? They looked at me for a few seconds, and then one said, "We do not talk about that." Not to outside of us. Yeah. <laughs> you better just... be getting going. <laughs> <laughs> Back to the city. <laughs> That's the thing, is because yeah, obviously people have explained the you know people the sightings by the Brock Spectrum. Talk about that. <laughs> it's a little get back in your carriage. Get back to London. Or get back to Edinburgh. Yeah, so, so, you know, that's interesting that you're getting kind of like, because obviously the, the auditory thing, you can explain that with the, with the you know, that, yeah, the cloud and the Brock and Spectrus. But um, that's, now there's, there's one other, I think there was a chap just after the Second World War who'd, um, again, the, the, the interesting thing is that all of these, as you say, their accounts are quite sort of, um, they're not sensationalized, no. but uh, they, um, they're all people who are who are reasonably sort of like you know scientists and trustworthy you would say yeah because kind of yeah and then I'll go, I'll go on to the last site that we've got in here there don't seem to be any massively recent ones but the last one I, I could find here was this is from a, a blog I think it is called Icy Sedgwick Icy Sedgwick um, Icy Sedgwick yeah it's a good name isn't it it's the name of a sexual position is that like the, the rusty trombone? Icy Sedgwick, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, I won't do that twice. Um, In a night, you can't. Yeah, physically impossible. impossible. <laughs> 1958 is here, the Scots. So a chap called Alexander Towen um, claimed the sighting from 1943. According to him, he was thinking of the figure when the mist rolled across the summit, having heard of Collie's encounter. A shape charged at him and he pulled out his revolver, fired three times but didn't deter the figure. He fled, although he did admit he'd had another encounter despite he'd never had another encounter despite frequent visits to the mountain. I thought you were gonna say he admitted he'd had quite a lot to drink. Yeah. <laughs> he'd had a nip. I might have had a couple of drinks when I went out of the house since revolver. 
Yeah, that one's the least good of the of the encounters because he would he was already thinking of it and yeah, you know, he was drunk probably. Yeah, he was definitely drunk, <laughs> definitely and firing a gun wildly into the mist. <laughs> I just like the fact that he fires his result revolver at the mist. That's good. Can't shoot you'd see in a Hammer Horror movie. You can't shoot weather, so this can make, you? This would make an all right Hammer Horror movie, I reckon. Yeah, definitely. Mist's always, you know, always Misty good. Mountain. Yeah. Well, it, tell you what's good about Mist as well. Yeah. You know, that's going to cover up for bad special effects. Yes. Because you, know, you don't ice. want to be showing this creature. Yeah, just a load of dry ice. Dry ice and, and, and um, a load of blood. Just have a cardboard cutout of Andre the Giant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Moving, <laughs> carry that around kind of in the mist, left and right. <laughs> it's easy. We could do that. Uh, one of those shepherd fairy things, can't you? And just, yeah. We should do that. We'll film that. That would be one part of our road trip. We'll go up to yeah. Ben, whatever it is. Uh, could, could this be? Yeah. With an ice machine. Busters type thing, yeah. <laughs> and, and a large cutout of Andre the Giant. Could this could this explain the grey man? Yeah. I mean, On YouTube really. was grey man spotted. Yeah. Oh no, because that's really annoying when people do that and that's actually them trying to be funny by doing a really crappy version of it. Like the pig yes. one, that was quite annoying. No, I don't The owl man no, one was just mental. <laughs> that was fine because I, I genuinely believe they were I mean I don't know whether they believed in it or not, but they were trying to do something. There, it wasn't just like a stupid, yeah, it wasn't just like ha ha ha, you know, hilarious hoax or whatever. I've got a scratch on my arm. <laughs> well, he did, you know, he did, yeah, he did go, go back to our uh, owl man of what was it, of somewhere in Cornwall, wasn't it's it? called him the owl man, yeah, anyway, he's the owl man. Um, okay, so what could be the explanations? So, could be, could be a yeti or Bigfoot, yeah, you know, seems unlikely. Seems unlikely because no you know, footprints. Yeah, yeah. Well, they did find some footprints, but then um, somebody thought that was down to precipitation. <laughs> I read somewhere else here there was, or somebody had um, got a photo of a footprint, no. but then they thought that was just actually down to rain, but coming in the rocks. And you know, you're on a lot of rocky ground here, so you're not going to see a lot of footprints. But um, right. oh, okay, so it's kind of it's not muddy and stuff. It's, it's like rock. No, no, like it's, rock it's literally like bare rock. Oh, you're okay. above, you're above the tree line. You're above kind of like you know, <clears> it's quite high up, and it's. Um, yeah, it's mostly sort of bare rock. It's quite. You see a photo at the top of the Cairngorms. It's sort of kind of beautiful, but it's sort of a bit. Um, yeah, it's quite a, quite an alien landscape. Mm. But it looks well. You know, you have got like this. Yeah, this bare rock. I mean, I guess they would be stuck there depending on the time yeah. of year. But the the photo I've seen the summit actually, it just it just looks well. It looks a bit like Brighton Beach to be honest. Yeah, with you on, but on a mountain, shingly. And then one of those, yeah, you load, a load of rocks, a bit of moss on them and stuff like that. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I imagine depending on the time of year, there probably is snow. Yeah, you get some snow, but then I doubt that many people climb up there when it's snowy. That's probably not what they would consider climbing yeah. season. Yeah, exactly. So that might be what it is. Um, so some kind of Bigfoot. Yeah, what else? Could be a Bigfoot. Anything else? The theory is going to ask you, Cedric. So could be aliens. Right. <laughs> That's another explanation. Right. I mean, to be fair, they're taking the mickey out of that. So another explanation involves aliens because, of course, it does. Right. Um, I mean, you know, it's fair enough. It's going to be wrong. Um, and well, it is grey. Sort of, uh, and the uh, famous well, aliens yeah. are grey, aren't they? They used to say they're all little. Do you reckon it could be like the parent of the, um, yeah, the little grey men, don't you? Right, I'm going to go and wait at the top of the mountain. Badly behaved alien children. Yeah, yeah. Dissecting uh, yeah. cows. 
And if you're if you're an alien mature adult, you just go, oh, I'll go up and do a bit of hill climbing. But yeah, I'll stay in the middle. I'll get my you know, 10,000 not, 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 not. steps. Yeah. People might hear me. Yeah, but they won't see you know, me. They'll just write that. They'll write that off as sorry, like, as, as, hallucination. <laughs> they'll write that yeah. off as Highlanders eating cereal. <laughs> yeah, probably will be. So aliens, the Highlander with a bucket of popcorn in the mist. <laughs> um, uh, that'd be good, wouldn't it? Yeah, I mean, I don't. I mean, there hasn't been any. Normally, alien sightings would involve. Some extra stuff like lights in the sky, that kind of thing, wouldn't it? So there hasn't been anything like that, from yeah. what I understand. So it seems unlikely. I mean, you, you can explain anything with aliens, can't you? Yeah. I mean, you might as well say magic. Just you know. Yeah. So talking of which, a third of it <laughs> refers more to the air in the creature French itself. Magician. In this theory, Ben McDo becomes a liminal point between two worlds. Right. The grey man thus becomes a guardian to prevent people from wandering between the two. Hmm. So, you know, and I believe ley lines are involved in here. So, so it's like a, so it's where two worlds or dimensions could be, it could be a point where yeah, you could be a portal between two places. Interesting. You know, Interesting. maybe they want to come through, but they don't want you coming through to them. Well, but he comes through to our side to stop us going to his side. It's, don't look. It's like the India and Pakistan border. It'd be, yeah. <laughs> it gets a bit feisty if you try to feisty. And then the final theory they're proposing here is um, the grey man could be a manifestation of the spirit of the mountain created physically in the viewer's mind. Mm. Yeah, that's nice. Bit Shinto, isn't it? It's nice, isn't it? Yeah. Actually, yeah. What I did on all these websites, they do mention things like Shinto and stuff like that. It's kind of like you know, you could imagine that's how some of these kind of things do come across. I mean, it's interesting to me, as you sort of saying before, that the fact that. The, the the initial sighting only goes back to the late 18th century and doesn't go back anymore. Yeah, that is interesting to me. You know. Well, I mean, it, but it might be as well, because a lot of, apparently when the, um, I've forgotten the, the chap's name already, but the, the, the initial kind of like, or the more serious one that sort of came out, yeah. it was only after he kind of like spoke about it at that sort of mountain climbing conference or whatever, that um, a bunch of other people explained similar stories because they always felt a bit ridiculous, kind of like right. they didn't want to be sort of mocked. For, well, um... and the locals said, we don't talk about that. Um, yeah. But also, mountain climbing really only sort of became a sort of gentlemanly pursuit in the 17th century, didn't it? Before that, if you're like, um, you know, a shepherd or something, why are you going up to the top of a fucking mountain? You wouldn't go that why far. Why would you bother? Yeah, like, what it's, just, eat. Yeah, it's yeah. dangerous, and it's not, you know, that whole kind of, you know, why yeah, did you, why it, did you climb it? Because it's there. That was, you know, that's yeah. very much the pursuit of someone who's bored and has plenty of money, which wouldn't be the case if you're, you know, um, a Scottish farmer in the 70s, you know, before that. You might yeah, go up, absolutely. They, might, they might go to certain places, for ritualistic purposes back when it was pagan, you know, like because a mountain could mean something spiritual. But I mean it could be that that mountain was just a mountain. Like why would we bother going up there? Because it's dangerous, right, isn't it? At the end of the day, it's dangerous to go up there. And if you've got no reason to do it, then Yeah, why would you? Why would you? Yeah, so I think it's all saying earlier, yeah, it's kinda of like actually it could it just be that people weren't doing that for sort of fun. Um, prior to that, because it's or maybe the Victorian era thing, or maybe the grey man is more in tune with the people who are actually from that area, and they've you know they've been there for 
tens of thousands of years, and he's like, yeah, they're all right, leave them alone. You know, we're all... And they're not going to tell anyone else outside about it. Exactly. They know, but they don't talk about it. Exactly. And how to keep their mouths shut. Yeah. (laughs) Stitches get stitches. That's what Grey Man says. That is what Grey Man says, yeah. Um, Yeah, could be that. I mean, he could be the head of a gang, couldn't he? Blood in, blood out. <laughs> Gang of uh, Highlands, Highland Shepherds. He picked a fairly remote location to do whatever gang-related business is there. Well, exactly. Right out outside of the eyes of you think, the you think smuggling's quite quite rife in those oh, liminal spaces between lots. worlds? <laughs> yeah, well, there's a lot of smuggling into Scotland, you know, like whiskey yeah. galore kind of stuff. Got a lot of smuggling going into Scotland. The Highlands are pretty empty, difficult to police. He can they can get whatever he wants smuggled into the coves of Scotland. It so happens on planet Beta X five six one. They love haggis, they absolutely, and, love, and and deep fried foods. So yeah, I love you know, the oat bread. Prime point for smuggling otherworldly goods. Maybe that's where Quakers come from. I'm just saying, maybe they come from. This other dimension, it's possible now. It's, yeah, they are pacifists. It's unusual for a Christian denomination. That's all I'm saying, Neil. Got to keep an open mind about Quakers. Um, yeah. So, and so the final thing they just sort of point out here is um, you get similar kind of auditory things in the Black Forest in Germany. So they've got the Misty Grey Man again. I think this is the the Brocken um, Spectre from the, the Hartz Mountains in Germany. The Brocken Spectre. Um, but they've had sort of people complaining of being followed through the forest as well. So, yeah. That's, is poltergeist you know, a German word? Yes, I believe it's Geist it. sounds yeah. like German for ghost. Well, Geist, it's like zeitgeist, isn't it? Mm. So it's spirit. Mm. Geist is spirit or ghost. Polter. Um, Polter. Pulter, I don't know. Active. Violent. It'll be something like that, won't it? Active, I reckon. Mardi. Mardi. Noisy spirit, apparently. That's a poltergeist. Means literally noisy ghost from polter, which means make noise rattle. Make a noise slash rattle. Like like rattling chains. Excuse me while I just sneeze in the microphone. Um... No, um, the polter comes from poltern, which is German for make noise or rattle. Make noise, so, well, it'd be one, make noise or rattle, but they're two different things. I mean, there, there might be many different yeah. German words for making I noise. Think so. So I it's like know, a rattling, that, so it's a rattling go. The rattling type of noise. Yeah. So, like yeah. rattling chains. Make a, like, I guess thing. make a rattling noise is how you'd want to interpret that. Yeah. But yeah, they, they, they um, translate as noisy ghosts Noisy bastards. So, um, okay. are there any more bits on this? Could be, could be a poltergeist up, uh, up, up, the, up the Cangorns. Yeah, crane. Well, it's crunch. Well, that, that'd be that's that'd be a crunchy ghost, wouldn't it? Crunching ghost, stepping ghost, crunching ghost, stepping ghost, stepping ghost. Could be. Maybe we've just maybe we've discovered. Well, we haven't discovered it. Maybe we've. Reclassified, theorizing, reclassified another form of uh, geist. I think that the uh, the taxonomy with uh, imaginary creatures is quite tricky. (laughs) 
Well, spectre sounds like a German word as well, doesn't it? I wonder if we got all of the ghost words from when the uh, angles came over. It could be that. Or it, I mean, Germany's going to have quite a few Latin roots as well, I would imagine, isn't it? So quite a lot of this. Nah. Different, different, different from the Romance languages. Fair enough. Um, yeah, so that's that's that pretty is. much it on the grey man. To okay. be honest with you, well, these so, are right. uh, Scotland's answer to Sasquatch. Yeah, you know, and what what I kind of like about this is you, you settle on the fact that there's there's some people who actually um, trust some seemingly trustworthy people, not nutters. Yeah. You know, it's uh, it's it's not like an insane story, but there's some yeah, some quite interesting things. It's mm. you know something to think about. It's going to go up, up mountain. Don't think about it too hard before playing. Missy Day. No, you don't want to speak yourself. Don't want to speak yourself. Get yourself into a grey man mess. Um, yes. So let's go through our scoring system, which has recently been taken up by NASA to verify the usefulness of uh, washers on their spaceships. So, first, the first one which we and they use is spookiness. So, spookiness, yeah. That, that's a spooky washer. Always, always comes in with quite a low, low rating on their, their washers, it turns out. Frequently the odd one, which is, yeah. Why did I make a vampire-shaped washer? Who knows? Um, yeah, I think this... That's how they. That's how they. That's how they weed out the anarchists. Yeah, <laughs> you're not going to make it in NASA's time. Um, I mean, it's not. It's not like tremendously haunting, but it's kind of like I can imagine. I mean, obviously, you know, you've got some sort of credible people here that have, I think that you know the idea of something kind of like you're, you're up climbing by yourself, um, you know, doing a bit of a walk, big mountain, and then something you know suddenly starts sort of haunting your footsteps. I think you, you know, that would be. That would that would put the sort of the wind up you. You're in you're in kind of like a, quite an alien landscape. It's kind of like it's all very misty. You can't see that much, and then you sort of like start seeing things or hearing these things. Um, but yeah, they don't. The, whatever the, whatever the grey man is, it doesn't seem to want to do do them any harm. Or there's they've not been any sort of like coming tremendously close. But they don't know of. Yeah, I think that we know of. You know, but then how many didn't come back from the King Glass? Exactly. We don't know, we don't talk about to the grey man. Yeah, we don't talk about, talk about that. that. So yeah, it opens up a vista of terrifying possibilities. <laughs> so yeah, I'm getting not 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 like um, the biggest fear for me, but I think there's something eerie. Mm. I shall say. So I'm going to give it a four. Four. Uh, I'm going to go a bit higher. Um, I think that if you're if you're up there climbing around on your own, I think you're already a bit nervous because uh, it's a dangerous area to be in. I mean, it's not like being on top of the Himalayas, but, you know, you can still slip and die. Do you know what I mean? It's rocky. Um, it's cold. If a fog comes in, you know, you're gonna, your senses are going to be heightened because, you know, adrenaline would be pumping. And if you did see or, you know, you saw something or heard something, I think it is quite scary, and especially if it sounded like it was following you. Now, whether that is a grey man or an auditory hallucination or whatever, I think it is quite a spook. I think it's for them a spooky situation. Um, do I find it particularly spooky personally? Um, not really, not particularly, but um, it would be a scary situation to be in. 
um, although it hasn't done anything out of order yet. Um, so, yeah, I think I'm going to give it a six for spookiness now. So believability. So what makes it more believable for me is the fact that the people haven't come down making outrageous claims or saying, right, I was followed by a ghost or a yeti or whatever. They're just relaying facts which were odd and the fact that they found it weird. Um, And it seems pretty consistent what people have been seeing. And even some people who have seen something have then gone on to try and explain it scientifically. Um, So that gives it more believability to me. So I believe that something's going on there. If Do I believe it's uh, an someone guarding an interdimensional portal maybe maybe not that's like it's less, less likely but i mean it sounds like there's some some phenomenon going up there be it natural or supernatural and for supernatural i'm going to use the broader sense of something beyond our current knowledge rather than it's a ghost so yeah i think it's quite believable that that there's something going on on that particular bit. So I'm going to give it a 7-0. Yeah, and again, I think, you know, what gives it a bit more credit, as you say, is that the sources seem like they could be quite reliable. And one thing I will say, you know, the sort of mountaineers, there's probably an element of sort of romance there already. Um, I think I had read somewhere, some of them, you know, might they might have been a sort of a bit more into that, those kind of things. But I think, I think also they also got quite poetic descriptions. I don't know if that's something about the period in which they were talking mm. around these things. But people use something. They learn how to write, they learn how to write yeah. correctly. Yeah. They use a good level of education, etc. But um, yeah, but yeah, they, so, so, I mean, there might be a sort of level of sort of like them being sort of predisposed towards these kind of things. But yeah, I mean, they seem, they seem like reasonably credible, credible sources. As you say, not necessarily thinking, and not necessarily thinking it is like some huge grey man or whatever. But the the believability of something happening um, that might be a bit strange in the mountains, you know. They, I remember hearing a while back there was some um, somewhere in some town where this really weird noise was sort of coming around. I think it was, some, it was something to do with um, I don't know, like the vibration of the earth or whatever. But people were hearing it and then sort of almost didn't want to admit to mm. sort of hearing these things. What on earth was going on? Anyway, so um, yeah, there's been a so weird yeah, one. Knows. There's um, somewhere in the Appalachians where basically people were seeing these lights flying around. I've been seeing them for ages and ages and ages, and people sort of didn't talk about it. But then yeah. it was actually recently looked into scientific scientifically, and what it was is some kind of refraction, and it's the lights from. Mm-hmm. So it's scientifically. Like it's been scientifically explained now, and that's fine. But for years it wasn't, and it was considered like weird and supernatural, and people didn't speak about it. So, um, just because something doesn't have an explanation yet, doesn't necessarily mean people are bullshitting or it's, um, you know, some some crazy nonsense or people just lying. It, it, there can there are not one. You know, not every single part of everything everywhere has been scientifically looked at. So, <laughs> no, absolutely. So, yeah, it could well, it could well. Be. So, I mean, I don't know. It's um, so it could be that after this, you know, it could be that somebody had a sense of humour and sort of made this stuff up, and then people kind of like decided to follow on with it. Just be a good um, old so possibility. Yeah, or, or or it could be that there are you know people are genuinely hearing these kind of things up there. So, uh, uh, you know, I think it's reasonably believable. So, I'm going to give it a six. 
six reach now. Um, so probably not massive reach on this one. It's um, been going around for, I guess, was it a couple hundred years now? Three hundred years. So that's not too bad. Um, well, the first, well, the first sighting there was, was 1790, wasn't it? But you know, and as far as we know, and that was that was a chap. It was more kind of like him getting shut for 250 years. Seems to go back, yeah. So more or less, but um, 232 years now. Although a lot of the sightings are sort of you know in a sort of 50 year span or something like that. So the golden age of climbing. Yeah, so <laughs> it could just be that. So I don't don't know why they don't have any sort of necessarily many more modern ones, but. Um, yeah, it's one of those ones, I guess. It's going to be, um, it, you know, I'm not seeing any sort of TV shows or movies, but it's a bit more of a, of a strange one. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think it's not got massive reach, this one. So I'm going to give it a three. Three. Yeah, so I've not heard of this. Um, and it's quite an obscure one. It, I, I've just probably known in the local area. And the local area probably has about 100 people. Um, <clears throat> but it has been going around for 232 years. So for that reason, for longevity, I'm going to give it a four. So narrative slash premise. So it's a decent premise. Uh, it was, it's, you know, it it's quite original, I would say, when it first came out. It's not something where someone's heard something and thought, right, I'll, I'll, I'll do that. Um, so yeah, that's decent. I mean, there isn't there isn't much about. It's just some really tall bloke who follows you around on a mountain. <laughs> so, so there's not much there's not much legend or story there. It's not like the sort of locals kind of have a story, you know, going back to you know Celtic times or whatever of of what it is. It's just so there isn't really much of a story there beyond. Beyond the um, the the effect, or what, what would you call it? Not the effect, the phenomenon. I don't know. I don't know what you're looking. Yeah, for. The, beyond the phenomenon itself, there's not much else there really. Um, and there hasn't been. I mean, it's a bit half-hearted. The explanations. I like the Shinto one because I like a bit of uh, animism personally, but um, and the dimensional one it just seems a bit kind of aliens don't know you know it's not they've kind of not really made yeah. much of an effort and that particular one was a bit of a light-hearted yeah. article that was just sort of saying here are some explanations people have don't necessarily take them too seriously yeah so um, i think most of them don't try and explain it which is fair enough yeah it's fine uh so i think i don't know i think it's a four for me just because it's quite it's quite thin rule yeah i mean I see where you're coming from. I'm going to go a bit higher because this reminds me a little bit of you'll get a certain strain of, I think it's quite a British kind of thing in terms of the ghost story. So it's something like, or, or British and Irish, so something like, like the Fano or kind of like, um, I don't know, you things like, you'd see those kind of like um, TV shows like the Stone Tage from the 60s where it's something that's quite sort of weird and quite low, you know, not, not particularly like massive or something coming out and killing everyone or something like that, but you'll get these kind of like um, horror things where it's something that's just a bit uncanny, mm. you know what I mean? Like, oh, I saw a reflection on the thing and it yeah. was, you know, it's a metaphor for death or something like that, or, you know, don't look now or something like that, or the twist in that is extremely, uh, extremely odd. Um, so it's something that's kind of like quite low key, but kind of quite spooky as well. And I don't know, I, 
those kind of things for me. Psychological horror rather than slasher. Yeah, exactly. It's something that will stay with you after you've watched the film or read the book or something, and then kind of like, you know, it's not terrifying, but it makes you sleep a bit more uneasily. So there's, there's something, there's kind of like a low... That kind of catching something out of the corner of your eye rather than, yeah, exactly. rather than a demon attacking you. <laughs> yeah, so you're not quite sure. Yeah, exactly, because... That'll give you like a jump scare, but it's you know it doesn't stick. Well, stuff that, so, stuff that on, stuff that's on the edge of our perception is always spookier than uh, stuff that's over. I would say from a psychological horror point of view, little tip for filmmakers there. <laughs> Aliens better if you don't say too much. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's kind of like uh, yeah. So I, I'm, I'm coming at it from that angle and. So all I agree, there's not like it's not like there's a massive backstory here or lots you can do. What I quite like is just it's just kind of like an ear. It's a bit more of a mood piece narratively for me. So I think David Lynch could make a good movie out of this. So I'm going to give it a six for that basis. Okay, and that gives us a <laughs> overall score of forty, right in the middle of the bell. <laughs> Yay! Half marks. Right. Well, that's not too that's not too shabby. Um, yeah, that was an interesting one. I've not heard of that, and that's fairly local. Um, yeah, yeah, we, we we haven't looked at too many uh, urban legends from the UK because we we like to we're, we're globe trotters. We like to look all over the world, around and thinking from different places. Yeah, um, and I'd like to say that. So I've only just figured out how to look at analytics on Spotify and it turns out we've got 22 followers so if you're one of those people thank you very much if you're not and you'd like to follow us then please do if you don't want to do that then that's fine you know it's up to you in it your funeral uh, <laughs> but if you've got to be admitting the level of followers we've got yeah why not if you say something like oh we got you know 10,000 followers yeah but that makes people feel less special that's, that's true no, look, it's a new podcast. We, you know, we're, we're 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 weeding out the unwanted audience members. The, the... Is that what we're calling it? Yeah. Um, but if you've got anything that you'd like us to have a look at, or got any comments or anything like that, you can get in touch with us at herb.legends.podcast at gmail.com. Those details are in the episode description. Uh, and beyond that, I will say, uh, yeah, get get wandering up mountains and, and see if you can find something and start your own urban legends. See what you find, yeah. You know, um, if you do do that, then let make sure you let people know where you're going. Um, take, you know, wear the appropriate gear. Um, and I would say probably go with uh, someone who's got a bit of a, a local guide Yes. I would say a bit, of, a bit of knowledge on what's going on. A bit of knowledge, um, but you know, beyond that, have fun. Be careful. Uh, <laughs> and do any optical illusions you see out there? Yeah, and uh, I'll speak to you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. Yeah, <laughs>